Last Thursday, thousands marched in Ottawa to protest the lack of abortion law in Canada. Many disregard the March for Life as a religious protest or one of the Christian right. But although human life has a sacred and religious value, in no way is that value a concern only of those on the right. I know when I march for life, I am protesting a certain way of life, a certain attitude that the strong can't always decide for the weak. That's very left. What's wrong with abortion, euthanasia, embryo selection and embryonic research is not the motives of those who carry them out. Those motives are quite often, on the surface, compassionate. To protect a child from being unwanted, to end pain and suffering, to help a child with a life-threatening disease. But in all these cases, it is the strong who decide the fate of the weak. Human beings therefore become instruments in the hands of other human beings. Yes, we oppose abortion and euthanasia. But we also oppose indifference to those who suffer from poverty, violence and injustice. We oppose whatever is opposed to life itself. Murder, genocide, willful self-destruction. Whatever violates the dignity of the human person. Mutilation, torments inflicted on body and mind. Attempts to coerce the will. Whatever insults human dignity, such as subhuman living conditions, arbitrary imprisonment, de deportation, slavery, prostitution, the selling of women and children, disgraceful working conditions where people are treated as instruments of gain rather than as free and responsible persons. All of these things are an affront to life and we oppose them. Being pro-life is one of the deepest expressions of our baptism. We stand up as sons and daughters of the light, clothed in humility and charity, filled with conviction, speaking the truth to power, with firmness, conviction and determination, and never losing joy and hope. Being pro-life is not an activity for a political party or a particular side of the political spectrum. It is an obligation for everyone, left, right and center. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this is the Salt and Light Radio Hour. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Radio Hour. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Here with me is Chris Dimitrenko. Let me before we start, Chris, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Do you ever listen to Catholic, other than when you listen to this quality program, do you ever listen to Catholic music? Mm, not too often, Pedro, if I'm honest. But you do have some artists. I know Zambone, you have his, his albums. Yeah, Joe Zambone, definitely. So there's there's the rare uh, Catholic artist I listen to. Mm -hmm. Because um, I'm someone who I would like to, mind you, I, I'm, I'm kind of in this world of Catholic music. I'd love to sure. be able to have a little player on my desktop where I can just have some of the best of the music playing that I don't have to worry about picking CDs or downloading music. So uh, my dream is, wouldn't it be great to have a way to listen to Catholic music, maybe th the odd devotion or a reflection mm -hmm. throughout the day at work on our computers or mobile devices? Don't you think that's a great idea? What are you getting at, Pedro? I'm, I'm, I'm getting at that coming soon we're going to be giving more oh, details okay. in the hmm. next couple of weeks because this is a new endeavor that Salt and Light is uh, we're, we're, we're launching uh, a 24-7 online Catholic music station so that people can have a player on their desktop or their mobile devices and listen to Catholic music. So uh, that's it. That's all I'm saying right now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. But more details on that uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, today we have our usual segment, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Sheridan with her diocesan update. Jillian will be with us also to tell us what her kids taught her this week. That's all in about 20 minutes. 
Um, and Chris, you're our news producer, so what's in the news today? Well, we're going to be talking about um, a little feud within the United Church of Canada about Israel. Um, also, um, a t-shirt that's causing controversy in Nova Scotia. And uh, turning from Canadian news to the Vatican, uh, the Pope is talking about persecution and uh, is asking for prayers. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. Details of those stories coming right up. Um, now, Chris, have you heard of the Catholics Next Door? No. The, the radio What's that? program. It's a it's a parenting show that's on at the on the Catholic Channel. Oh, okay. Uh, every every Monday to Friday, every afternoon, Greg and Jennifer Willits they host this this daily program. But they also now have a, a new book of the same name. And since it's Mother's Day, Jennifer Willits will be joining us in the second half hour to talk about their book, about their show, and, and also about mothering. Um, and Father Stan Fortuna, who I, I know you know well, mm -hmm. he has a new album. If you like jazz, this is the album for you. It's called Renewal. And uh, Father Stan's also going to be in the Toronto area next week. So we'll also be speaking with him in the second half hour. And we always begin with a song. So here is Father Stan's song, Cause of Our Joy, from his new album, Renewal. Cause of our joy Oh, blessed Mary, chosen one By the Father's will To bring to us His only Son Blessed days, you 
Father Stan Fortuna with Cause of Our Joy from his album Renewal. We'll be speaking with Father Stan in the second half of the program in about 15 minutes. What our kids teach us with Jillian Cantor. But first, Chris is still here with our news. Well, Pedro, we've got some religion news from Canada. Uh, the President of Israel, Shimon Perez, visited Canada this past week. But meanwhile, the United Church of Canada, which is a body that uh, is one of the it's the largest Protestant denomination in our country, yeah. which uh, consists of a number of Protestant denominations that joined together uh, several decades ago. Well, they're in the midst of a debate about Israel. A working group of the United Church released a paper calling for a selective boycott of goods coming from Israel, particularly Israeli settlements, including those in East Jerusalem. Now, the report will be voted on by the Church's General Council in August. This is part of what we call the, the BDS movement, uh, exerting political pressure on Israel through boycotts, divestment, meaning taking your investment out, and sanctions. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's certainly uh, provoking some controversy. A pastor of the United Church near Ottawa um, is the first really outspoken opponent of the report, and he says that it re represents an extremist and radical agenda from a small minority. So does this really represent in the grassroots what the people who go to the United Church think about Israel? Uh -huh. And critics are also asking why the United Church is focused on Israel when minorities, especially Christians, in neighboring countries in the Arab region face far greater violations of their human rights. Now the authors of this report argue that relative to its neighbors, well, Israel is the only true democracy, so there's actually hope that advocacy efforts can succeed. Now the question is, is there a double standard? And uh, now the BDS movement, boycotts, divestments, and sanctions, does seem extreme. Um, when I was in the Palestinian territories for, for filming, it, it's interesting, it's a very different perspective because that was the peaceful alternative to uh, for example, violent resistance or, or simple hopelessness in the face of, of the injustices that, that they feel yeah. are, uh, are being committed against them. Mm -hmm. Now, turning to Nova Scotia on the East Coast, well, Pedro, would you let your child wear a T-shirt to school that read, Life is Wasted Without Jesus? Absolutely. You would? I yeah. would. Yeah. Maybe not exactly that slogan, but yeah, I'd, uh, I'm not sure what's wrong with the wasted. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, um, a 19-year-old public school student mm -hmm. in Nova Scotia was asked by his vice principal not to wear this T-shirt that said, Life is Wasted Without Jesus. Yeah. He did anyway, day after day, and was suspended for five days for disobeying the vice, uh, vice principal, rather. For wearing a shirt without washing it for four days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Couldn't have smelled great. Now, the school board sided with the student, though. Yeah. Uh, once he returned from his suspension, he could wear the T-shirt. Um, but this wasn't the end of the story. The school thought that the controversy was an opportunity to launch a voluntary forums to discuss how teens can share their beliefs in a sensitive way. Mm. But this student declined to participate. And uh, religious groups have now been siding with the student, including the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada and the Cath Catholic Civil Rights League, who called the school's initial decision an outrageous overreaction, and they see it as part of a, a greater um, a greater movement to 
stifle religious expression yeah. in public spaces. Yeah. Now, finally, turning to the Vatican, Pedro, um, how the church deals with persecution is, as you know, it's something we've been seeing in the readings during this Easter season mm-hmm. as we reflect on the Acts of the Apostles. The early apostles were, of course, very persecuted. Now, the Pope preached on one such moment during his general audience in St. Peter's Square this past Wednesday. He spoke about how St. Peter was imprisoned by Herod Agrippa mm-hmm. and freed by an angel. Now, the Pope attributes this to the early church who prayed constantly, he says, for their imprisoned leader. And uh, he added a personal note saying that from the moment of my election as successor of St. Peter, this is Pope Benedict, I have always felt supported by the prayers of the church, by your prayers, especially at moments of greatest difficulty. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So if you've ever prayed for Pope Benedict, particularly during the tough times, Mm -hmm. the Pope is thanking you and it's a challenge to us. Yeah. Uh, you know, how often do you pray for the Pope? And how often are we praying for Christians who are unjustly imprisoned and persecuted for their faith? Absolutely. And some people might argue that that young man with the T-shirt was being persecuted. Anyway, well, interesting. No, it's an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, Krista Matrenko, our Salt and Light Radio News producer. If you'd like to comment on anything that you hear on this program, we love to hear from you. Our email, radio at saltandlighttv.org. I'm Sister Marie Paul Curley from Windows to the Soul, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. I'm Pedro Guevara Man. Our website is saltandlighttv.org radio. To get some handy parenting tips, stay tuned, because coming up is Jillian Cantor with what her kids taught her this week. But before that... Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Andrew, Andrew's How joining you, us. Pedro? You're joining us on the phone today. You weren't able to uh, be with us now, but it's it's thanks thanks to the technology, you yeah, can be with exactly. us. It's amazing what technology can do these days. Great. So who's our saint um, this week? Saint of the Week um, for today is Saint Pancras of Rome. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of Saint Pancras, Pedro? I I have, but not a lot, and I can bet that most people haven't. Okay. Well, let's start. Uh, This one's an interesting saint, uh, as they all are from week to week, but this one uh, stands out a little bit more. Um, St. Pancras, um, short, 14-year-old orphan, uh, brought to Rome by his uncle. And his uncle is actually a saint, uh, St. Dionysius. Okay. Um, We know that St. Pancras is a convert to Christianity. He was never a Christian before. Mm -hmm. Uh, When we look at his family, we know that his mother, Syriata, died during childbirth. While his father, on the other hand, um, his name was Cleonius, he died when St. Pancras was only eight years old. Hmm. So St. Pancras was then entrusted to his uncle, the saint, St. Dionysius. Dionysius, yeah. Um, We know in a story that he was beheaded for his faith at the age of 14 uh, in the year 304. And that happened in Via Aurelia, Rome. Uh Uh, St. Pancras, um, for for those of our listeners who might be Greek, (laughs) <laughs> uh, his name is Greek, and um, when we look at the translation, it means the one that holds everything. Okay. When he was beheaded, he was martyred alongside a few other saints, um, which was interesting to learn. Um, he was martyred alongside St. Nereus, uh-huh. St. Achilles, and St. Domitila, uh-huh. and that was because they publicly proclaimed the faith. So Pope St. Vitalian um, sent his relics from the cemetery of Calipodius in Rome, to the British Isles. And this is interesting. He did that 
because um, he wanted um, them to be a part of the evangelization of England. The idea was that um, by sending his relics to England, um, the country of England would have relics of the church at large, mm-hmm. and that would help to begin installing relics in the altars in new churches in England. Interesting. Saint, um, our other saint friend, Saint Augustine of Canterbury, yep. dedicated the first church in England to Saint Pancras. Okay. And there are actually many other churches in England that are named after him. Uh huh. Um, another interesting fact: his head is currently in the Basilica of St. John Lateran in Rome. Lovely. I didn't know that. I was, I was in St. John Lateran Basilica last year. Yeah, I've been year, there so, too, yeah. Um, I didn't know that until after the fact. Huh. Uh, we know that he's the patron saint against cramps, false witness, uh, <laughs> headaches, perjury, and he's also the patron saint of Albano, Italy, which is the Diocese of Children. Oh, cool. Um, he's also the patron saint of Pontevico, Italy. Uh-huh. Um, in Spain, um, St. Pancras is referred to as San Pancrazio. Uh-huh. Um, there's also a major shrine uh, in San Pancrazio, Rome. Uh-huh. So he's really, really uh, popular. He's venerated as the patron saint of jobs and health. And mm-hmm. his Memorial Day is celebrated on May the 12th. It's celebrated today, Pedro. Cool. So St. Pancras of Rome, feast day celebrated today, today, May 12th. Very good. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew Santos, our saint expert, who joined us on the phone today. In about five minutes, what's happening in the Catholic world of events. So stay tuned. Hi, this is Sarah Bauer, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. My name is Pedro. You can find Salt and Light on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at Salt and Light. Our blog is at saltandlighttv.org slash blog. And now it's time for... What our kids teach us with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, <laughs> sounds like you've got an activity going back there. Yeah, Joseph's riding his motorcycle around the house. Oh, that's very good. Everybody should ride their motorcycle around <laughs> the house at least once a week. <laughs> How are you, Pedro? I'm very good, thank you. What have you learned from your kids this week? Well, um, in this, the past few weeks, really, uh, lessons are always ongoing. Um, and Henry, I guess it's been Henry in particular has been teaching me that, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that <laughs> creation is <clears throat> wonderful, that God's creation is wonderful, and, and in the true sense of full of wonder. Um, yeah. We had the opportunity recently to go to Florida for a family vacation, joining yeah. David's, my, my parents-in-law, joining them on their holiday. Nice. And, and you forget, or I forgot, that he was seeing... He's a year and a half, but he yeah. was seeing many of these things for the very first time. And on one day when we got to go to the beach, we parked the car, we had to walk up some stairs and over a little boardwalk to get to the water. And as soon as we climbed up the stairs, little Henry stopped in his tracks and said, whoa. And I realized, oh, yeah, this is like, he's never seen this much water. He's never seen a beach. And oh this to gosh. him is fascinating. And it continued with every seashell, with every bird, with <laughs> every handful of sand. He kept exclaiming, whoa, whoa. And, and we just take it for granted. Even Joseph at the age of three, who has been to a beach before, yeah. it's, it doesn't seem to be as big of a deal. But really, like, God made that water. God made this beach. God made those seashells that wash up on the shore, and they're all different. And it's just 
it is fascinating when you look through his eyes, through Henry's eyes, it really is, yeah, just everything is full of wonder. And since returning from our holiday, it's continued as we have nicer weather and we're spending more time outside and we're doing yard work. Every bug, every worm, every bird in the sky is something for Henry to stop and look yeah. at and examine. And it's helping us all, I think, to slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um, and just to be grateful for you know, the, the backyard that we have and the garden that we're planting and the worms that are aerating our grass. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah, so we're just having, we're looking at things with a different perspective this year and it's, it's a refreshing one. That's a neat uh, image of, I mean, I guess if you've never seen the ocean or a beach, of course you'd be, whoa, you don't yeah. have to be one year, a, a one-year-old to have that r response, but you're right, we just kind of take it all for granted. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, so we're enjoying everything with uh, this year with a lot of whoa. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's a good, good expression. Um, uh, any plans for Mother's Day? I guess you're at the age where you have to plan Mother's Day. <laughs> well, I think David is handling Mother's Day, even David though I'm not his mother. No. Uh, he's looking after the plan, so I don't know anything. Surprise! Um, yeah, and if there are any secrets, then Joseph has been very good at keeping them as secrets. Oh, very good. Maybe there'll yeah. be lots more woes for Mother's <laughs> Day. I don't mean woes, W-O-E-S, <laughs> but W-H-O-A's. Yes, I prefer those woes. Whoa. <laughs> Nice. Thank you. Um, okay, very good. That's a great lesson for us to remember about uh, the wonder. Uh, you made me think of the psalm that the heavens proclaim the greatness of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And and you're right, we take that for granted. And uh, every time I look at a tree or a leaf, maybe we need to stop and woe and, yeah. and play with the worms <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jillian. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you very much, Pedro. That was Jillian Cantor, the producer of the Salt and Light TV program, Mothering Full of Grace. And she's uh, a wife and the mother of Joseph and Henry and a little one who's on the way. Hi, I'm Christian Matrenko, and you're listening to Salt and Light Radio. You can podcast our show at saltandlighttv.org slash radio or also off iTunes. And here now is Sheridan with our diocesan update. Hello, hello to all our listeners. This year's Youth Summit will be held on May the 18th through to the 21st in Montreal, and there's almost 400 participants signed up so far. Excellent. Yes, and so here's a rundown of what to expect Friday evening. Uh, there will be a keynote uh, speaker, Christopher West, and he will also be speaking on Saturday, and then uh, this, this will all be on the Theology of the Body. Yeah. And that, and then on Saturday, it will be followed by a youth banquet. On Sunday, they will have mass, and and then you can discover the contributions of the saints and how they've changed the face of Canada. And on Sunday evening, there will be a Eucharistic procession and youth vigil from St. Joseph's Oratory to the Cathedral of Mary, Queen of the World. And then on Monday, there will be the send of mass at the Cathedral of Mary, Queen of the World. Excellent. The Eucharistic Procession, Youth Vigil, and Send of Mass are open to the public so you can join in. And for details, check out youthsummit.ca. Can I just jump in and say that this is, I think, the prime youth event in the whole country, Canada. And even if you're not in Canada, you should go May 18th to the 20th? Yeah, the 21st, it's yeah. It's great. And just a, a plug-in, because our featured artist two weeks yes. ago, Mike Mangione, I'll is going to be playing. And he does this whole thing with Christopher West. So yes, and that will be on the Saturday. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Great. 
Yeah, and this is a great lead up to the International Eucharistic Congress, which nice. will be in Dublin, Ireland this yes. year. And even if you can't go, uh, we're going to bring the Congress to you. You can check out saltandlighttv.org slash IEC. There we've posted all our interviews and clips. And once the Congress kicks off, we're going to be broadcasting for more than l three hours of live coverage every single day. And all of this will be streamed live to our website. And there you'll have the ability to meet pilgrims, hear inspiring stories, and be a part of every single moment of this universal gathering of the church. So support the church in Ireland and pray with them as they call us together to celebrate the source and summit of our lives. Um, you can be there. Just visit our website, saltandlighttv.org. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Saltandlighttv.org. And then we've got the Rise Up Women of Truth Conference, which will be held Saturday, May the 26th from 8 to 3 p.m. at Holy Name of Jesus Church in Essex. The keynote speaker is Teresa Tomeo. She's the author of Extreme Makeover. And the cost of the conference is $25 for adults and $20 for students, which includes lunch. So contact Maggie Ducharme at 519-776-7828 uh, for details. Okay, sorry, just I just missed. Essex is where? It's in uh, the Windsor area. Okay, in Ontario. Yeah, yeah Ontario. Windsor, Essex. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, so if you're in the Windsor area in Ontario, southwestern Ontario, yeah. here we go. Essex. Yes. And then in Saskatchewan, there will be a March for Life on Mother's Day Sunday. Mm. That's tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> and uh, and that will be in front of the Royal University Hospital at 2.30 p.m. Signs are provided. Uh, the walk takes place rain or shine. So contact Denise at 306-249-2764 for details. And with that, I wish everyone a happy Mother's Day. Yes, yes, happy Mother's Day. Good, so March for Life, that's a neat thing to do on Mother's Day yes. is a March for Life, seeing as we all have life thanks to our mothers. Yeah. Nice, very good. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Sheridan, our, our diocesan. We used to be di ca Canadian diocese, but now we include all kinds of events like the Eucharistic Congress. So our worldwide diocesan Updates. Update. Uh, Shared and thank you. Um, coming up in our second half hour, a chat with radio host and author Jennifer Willits about her adventures in imperfect living. And Father Stan Fortuna has a new album, Renewal. So don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to Salt and Light Radio Part 2. I'm Pedro Guevara Mann. Now Greg and Jennifer Willits are hosts of The Catholics Next Door, a daily three-hour program on the Catholic Channel on Sirius XM. They are also the founders of various apostolates, including the New, Evangelizer, New Evangelizers, Rosary Army, and you may have heard of That Catholic Show. They are also now the authors of a new book, the Catholics Next Door, Adventures in Imperfect Living, and I am very happy to say that Jennifer Willits joins me now on the phone from Atlanta, Georgia. Jennifer, welcome to Salt and Light Radio. Well, it's very good to be here, Pedro. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, no, this is so much fun. I actually know of you guys way back when you started doing that Catholic show, so this is very exciting. <laughs> wow, you, you definitely go way back. Yeah, we do, we do. <laughs> um, but be, I want to talk about the book, of course, but first... Um, can we talk a little bit about the, your radio program? How did you end up with the radio show? 
Oh, absolutely, Pedro, no problem. We were in the throes of working on that Catholic show, which you just uh, stated a moment ago, and quite happy to be submersed in that world of audio and video production and helping to run SQPN. At that time, we were approached by the Catholic Channel to consider how about talk radio? You obviously have a lot of experience doing podcasting, which, as you know, is um, yeah. a similar format. It, it definitely gave my husband and myself lots of experience bantering and, and being trying to somewhat follow a format similar to radio, but not quite as so you were doing rigid or as formal as radio. You were doing podca podcasts just on your own before audio podcasts. Uh, well, yes. Well, we were doing podcasting for Rosary Army for a few years okay. leading up to that Catholic show, which led up to another conference that my husband uh, helped to organize and present called the Catholic New Media Celebration. Right. At that celebration, we invited speakers and panelists, and one of them was actually Lino Rulli, the right. Catholic guy of course. <laughs> from, from the Catholic Channel. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he... Uh, basically forwarded a, a, a request from Joe Zwilling, the then yeah. uh, communications uh, director or general manager for the station, or program yes. director. Yeah, yeah. And he expressed some interest in wanting to talk with Greg and myself about the idea of hosting a radio show. Well, we were not necessarily looking to do anything like that at the time, but the opportunity seemed very intriguing, so we at least, you know, followed up on it. We went to New York, had an interview, um, did Fun. a couple of practice shows, and about two weeks later, they offered us a brand new job that fun. would change yeah. a lot of things <laughs> in yeah, our life. Absolutely. And uh, but it's been a fun journey ever since. And that happened. Uh, gosh, it'll be four years ago. Is it four fall. years now? Yeah. Sorry. Now you mentioned SQPN. Can you just quickly let our listeners know what that is? Sure. SQPN is stands for the StarQuest Production Network, and it's a it's an apostolate in its own right, helping to sort of uh, give listeners a chance to hear podcasts from multiple different creators, all uh, expressing different uh, viewpoints um, about their journey in the Catholic faith. Some are more humorous, some are about movies, some are, you know, specifically geared for women. It's a directory of wonderful Catholic programming that are specifically available in the form of a podcast. Okay. Father Roderick Von Hogan is the the visionary behind SQPN, in, and in he Holland. also yeah. wrote the forward to our new book. Okay, yes, okay, and he's in Holland, right? Yes, yes. Yes, okay, cool, okay, so good, lots of new information for our listeners. So uh, just again to maybe just, so your, your, your radio program, The, Ca the Catholics Next Door, um, mm -hmm. if people have never heard it, how would you describe it in one sentence? It is a very family-friendly, marriage-affirming, funny, and reverent show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Which is the way... Okay, no, that's good, because I think that that describes the book as well, in a way. Yes, it does. We, we try to expand on the husband and wife banter that we naturally engage in on our radio program three hours a day, right. but expand on it in, in, a, in a way that it, the topics deserved in the book, which is something that we were really grateful for, to have the opportunity to e evolve our... Uh, thoughts and the way that we express our faith into this format that hopefully will be more longer lasting. Obviously, with radio, you say something and then you just and hope people <laughs> remember it because it's gone, just yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah. In a book, it's somewhat memorialized. And we wanted the opportunity to really dive more deeply into very important topics, even the controversial ones in, in our own faith, yeah. and, and have our say on those topics and hopefully encourage and enlighten people 
to, to feel more strongly with their Catholic identity. Right. So I was going to ask you, so who is this book for? And I know you're probably going to say it's for everybody because when I first heard about it, I thought, okay, fun anecdotes about, you know, Catholic living, but it's actually, there's a lot of solid Catholic teaching in there. And, and you mentioned the controversial topic, contraception. Right. Um, when Greg and I were discussing who our audience was going to be for the book, because we wanted to have um, a voice that could really speak to, you know, certain people. And then you're right. I mean, it, it is tempting to want to go write it for everybody. But I would say um, it, it probably will relate more strongly to married people, specifically in their first 15 years, because yeah. this book details so much of that experience that we just mm -hmm. lived through. However, we have heard from people who have been married and their kids are grown and gone and now they're grandparents, that they fondly remember going through those early years in their marriage and they wish they had this book then. Right. And they find that they're inspired to want to get this book for their adult children who right. are starting off in their own families. But it's also for single people because we didn't want to exclude anyone. Um, one thing to, that we thought was important to express in this book was, yes, we're married, but we're still individuals in our own right. And we still carry some of our own identity into the marriage so that that single person that we were prior to marriage is still there to a small degree. And we, we wanted to be able to relate to everyone and also to prepare those single people who really want yeah. to get into a married relationship to have a kind of a glimpse as to what to expect in a Catholic household. Like, this is yeah. where you might be headed, so get ready. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Now, um, uh, one, one of the things that makes you uh, a Catholic family is that you're Catholic parents, that you have children. And as you know, this weekend is Mother's Day. So, and I love the chapter that you have, uh, my kids make a mom out of me. So I didn't want to <laughs> let you go without asking you, um, how do your kids make a mom out of you? What do you mean? Well, when it's easy to be a mother in the biological sense. I mean, we can reproduce. I, I, it's easy yeah. to be pregnant and give birth. And, yes, that technically makes me a mom. But when they make me a mother, that's something infinitely deeper. Mm -hmm. And the relationship that they stir in me is a beautiful process that I, I wanted to try to dive into a little bit in this book. And part of the fruits of the relationship that comes from a mother and a child is that it is a window, in my opinion, to the relationship that we have as the children of our Father in Heaven. Mm. And it was this beautiful metaphor that I found myself living in, and I thought, wow, I want to tell people about this, because our kids really are little keys to understanding of a much greater relationship. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to to sort of go into that and take more time with that topic in the book. And I hope that mothers will be greatly touched by that analogy and finally remember the insanity that goes with being a mom, because it is not an easy <laughs> road. It is challenging, and they, children have an uncanny way of just driving you to your knees in yes. prayer. Yes. And they help me to get closer to God from that viewpoint. They help me to see the beauty and the wonder of God in their eyes. And so it's this circular, beautiful, life-exchanging type of relationship that's here. And without them, my life would be just pale in comparison to what it is now. It is so richer mm -hmm. because of the blessings that they are. But that took me a while to see. I didn't see the blessing right away, which was another area that I wanted mm -hmm. to express in the book to those mothers 
who might be frustrated because they might have that challenging child or a child with disabilities that is right. just um, really causing them to take a difficult road in that mothering vocation. But I wanted to encourage all parents, not just moms, but dads too, and that's why Greg had a voice Yes, to speak to the fathers as yes. well. Yes, I don't want to leave um, the dads out of we it. We wanted yeah. to be as encouraging as we could to everyone and also throw in a couple humorous anecdotes along the way for some fun. Absolutely. Maybe just in closing, we have a, a segment in this program, Salt and Light Radio, uh, that is what my, what my Kids Teach Us. That's our little parenting segment. And so I was just going to ask you, and you've mentioned a few already, but so what have your kids taught you about being a mom? What would you say would be like one or two things? They taught me that it is uh, one of the biggest joys of my life. They taught me to how to see God more. Mm-hmm. They teach me where Christ is, even in them. They remind me constantly how I might look in God's eyes. They are my little mirrors <laughs> in yes. many respects. And all I have to do is look at them, and I realize, wow, God, I can see now what I look like when I <laughs> throw that tantrum to you yes. in prayer. And now I understand why you tell me no, because I look at why I tell yes. my kids no for their you know, unruly request. Yeah. And and now I understand. So they are in some ways, yes, my teach they're my, my children, they're my students, but in some ways they teach me some greater truths yeah. about my own our own heavenly father. So Absolutely. I've definitely learned so much from them about being a mom. That's so true and we, we it's so true, I love that. We learn to from our children what it means to be children of God because that's all of us. Jennifer, that's all the time we have. So, But this has been great chatting with you. Um, I'm sorry that we couldn't chat with you and Greg, but it is Mother's Day, so <laughs> he'll, okay. he'll get his time another time. Um, keep up the good work, and uh, let's stay in touch. Thank you, Pedro. I've had a wonderful time here. Jennifer Willits is one half of Greg and Jennifer Willits, hosts of the popular phone-in show, The Catholics Next Door, on the Catholic Channel. You can hear it Monday to Friday from 1 till 4 p.m. That's Eastern Time. Their book, The Catholics Next Door, Adventures in Imperfect Living, is published by Servant Books. And you can learn more about everything Greg and Jennifer are doing and about how to, you know, how to get this, uh, this new book at their website, gregandjennifer.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Father Stan Fortuna, with his new song, Holy Masquerade. Show yourself, we do not read. 
Father Stan Fortuna with Holy Masquerade from his new album, Renewal. Father Stan Fortuna began his Francesco Productions ministry 25 years ago. That's also when he and a few other friars founded the community of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. And to mark this anniversary, Father Stan is pleased to announce the release of Renewal, his latest CD. The album also marks Father Stan's return to his jazz background. It is full of percussion and jazzy rhythms with Brazilian influences and lots of Father Stan's fretless bass solos. It is truly a joyful celebration. 
And Father Stan joins me now on the phone from his office in the Bronx, New York. Father Stan, welcome back to Salt and Light Radio. Thanks, Pedro. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good. Nice. What a great... Anyway, we'll get uh, lots of time to, to talk about the music. I was thinking that 25 years ago, people were wondering how you could evangelize using rap. And now you're using jazz. And I'm wondering if people are asking the same question. How can you use jazz to evangelize? Are those two, are you finding a, a, a meeting place between those two? Well, I mean, both rap and, as a musical genre and jazz as a musical genre and any other and every other musical genre can be used by God because God uses the human person right. to, to manifest his mysterious love. So not a problem, you know, and it's absolutely awesome. And uh, just, to, just to let the spontaneity of it all of flow out into a form, you know, using the gospel of, as the content in a way that can penetrate the heart of the contemporary culture, which is the genius and the beauty and the gift of uh, Blessed Pope John, Pope John Paul II. Uh, the whole thing, yeah, his whole thing to the, to the Church and to the world with regard to the new evangelization. So it's, uh, Absolutely. it's a great blessing. So let's back up a little bit. I know that some of the songs that are on the, in the album, in the new album, you'd written for a long time, uh, or you've had kind of in the works, but you started doing a jazz concert with, I know, the Lenny Tristano Trio, at least, a while back, right? You were doing... Uh, yes. Scola Tristano. Scola Tristano. So you were doing kind of jazz evenings. Mm -hmm. Um, Who were the kind of the people that showed? Is it people that wanted jazz, or did you find that it's people who wanted to get a new uh, kind of a new, a fresh look at their faith, or or both? Well, all of the above, and then some. I mean, people who walk into the club didn't know what they was going to expect, and they see this priest with this guy in a robe. yeah, you know, just swinging and singing, and then sometimes, uh, you know, when I baptize the lyrics to some of the secular songs, they're hearing something that's familiar to them, but then they're hearing a new content and a new twist. I mean, the the, the beauty of it all can be seen through one experience. This guy walked in and he said to me, he goes, hey man, he goes, I can't tell if you were singing to a woman or if you were singing to the Almighty. Oh, so I said to him, I said, oh, thanks brother, you, you, you know, you, you, you made my day. Because at the end of the day, it's an expression of love, and all those beautiful old romantic love songs, you know, have have within them a natural orientation to God Himself. So, yeah. for the supernatural grace to to renew somebody's faith, or maybe to provoke it, even for the first time, to to provoke some sort of a just even a question about the nature of the encounter that they're experiencing is a is a beautiful thing, and it you know it, it, it's beautiful because the new evangelization breaks through all prepackaged. Uh, conceptions and stuff Absolutely. like that. Not to say that there's not a place for the, for the prepackaged stuff, but it, it just, it's just a beautiful opening, a wide opening for new spaces. And Pope Benedict talked about that you know, at the Easter Vigil, taking his thing from St. Augustine, and John Paul himself used it many, many times this, yeah. about these, these new spaces. And when John Paul broke out on the scene, he said, open wide the doors to Christ. Yeah. So all of these endeavors are attempts uh, to get, just get caught up in that opening wide of the doors of God's mystery to his love. Do you find that even when the music is is secular or even instrumental, there are no lyrics, the fact that you're visibly a friar and a priest is witness or, or evangelizing itself? 
Absolutely, it plants seeds it, and it raises questions, and that's a and that's a that's a beautiful thing. They say, "Holy smoke, who is this guy? What is he doing?" And then people sometimes will want to talk, and then people will sometimes go look on the internet. They'll you know they wind up following on Twitter. They'll yeah. go uh, like the Facebook page, or yeah. they'll uh, they'll j- check out the website and get the weekly message and the blessing, and then it just opens up something to them that they not have opened themselves up to before in in a fresh way which is a beautiful thing yeah now let's let's talk about the album so uh, the title renewal uh, is it does it refer to the uh, i mean the franciscan friars of the renewal that's the same word i know it's got lots of meanings but is there did you know that it was going to be like a 25th anniversary cd or oh, oh absolutely I, I'm, I'm in the middle of working on another project and it got interrupted for this because it's almost as if god popped me on the back of the head and said New anniversary CD. I said, "Okie dokie." Oh, okay. So, uh, so it's called renewal uh, because we're about renewal, and we're you know 25 years are done. Now we're getting ready to renew and recommit to for the next uh, hour, for the next day, for the next week, for the next month, for the next year, as long as God gives us, just to to keep it going. And the subtitle is cool. It's called Fortuna Compositions, yeah. 25 years. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it is. Um, I I was speaking to a rabbi a, a while back, and he was saying, uh, you know, in terms of the Jewish faith, that they you know, that the, the, the gift God gave man was not to begin, but to begin again. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of renewal. Do you think that that's a theme? I mean, you're, you're, I'm hearing you for the first time talk about how you, as, after 25 years, you and, and your brother Friars, that we, you need to renew. But do you think that we need to be renewing constantly in terms of our, our orientation to, towards God? Absolutely, because God's revelations are fresh. I mean, like the... You know the seraphim who who stand before God before the throne are are continually unceasingly receiving new revelations from God and in the, their unique realm and they <laughs> they have this amazing capacity uh, to fulfill each of these new manifestations as they're being revealed. Yeah. And so as this trickles down to us little poor fallen creatures in this fallen world. The beauty of the redemption and the power of the redemption is itself is the is the core. It's the heart. It's the energy. It's the blood. It's the fire of God's love and God's mystery and of God Himself to to just continually manifest new expressions of His love to help us, you know, clean up messes, do damage control, break through into new areas to to mend broken hearts, you know, forgive sins, heal memories, move us forward, and to to help us to be more generous and more loving right up until the end. So it's yeah. like. It's like the more you get, the more you want, you know, and then the, then, then the more you get satisfied, the more hungry you get. And it's, uh, it's, there's nothing greater than that. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. And it's joyful. And I really get the sense that that's, like, I listen to all the songs. I mean, and uh, I don't want people to get the wrong idea because there's, there's slow stuff. There's stuff about Mary. There's, there's re- more reflective music as well as the stuff that I love with the Brazilian rhythms and stuff. So, but, it, but it's a joyful, there's a joyfulness, celebration feeling to it that, that I love. Um, the other thing that's happening this year, uh, Father Stan, is that this is, I can't believe this has already been seven years. So you've been doing the, the Poland-Rome Blessed JP2 study pilgrimage for seven years. That's right. It's, it's, it's beautifully linked with his passing to the Father's house. We just celebrated on April 2nd, his, the seventh anniversary yes. of his death which coincides with the 7th anniversary of the, the magnificent pontificate of our beautiful Bavarian Benedict the yeah. 16th. And now this is the 7th uh, annual JP2 Poland Rome study pilgrimage. So I'm linked in with the big boys. <laughs> so, so can people still join? This takes place in the fall, right? 
Absolutely. It takes place in the fall, and uh, people can send an e- email to jp2 at francescoproductions.com. If you can't remember that, just Google Father Stan. Go to the website. The information is there, and it's, uh, it's never too late. We can always work it out, and uh, it's, it's absolutely awesome. So it's, it's a pilgrimage kind of to visit some of the places that were important in the, in the life of Pope John Paul II? And well, not, not some, all of the key places okay, so in the you life of everything. John Paul in Poland, and then we end up in Rome, and we already have the Mass scheduled. We have uh, two Masses in the Vatican, uh, but one of them will be on the tomb of Blessed Pope John Paul II. Amazing. So if people want to join in, jp2 at francescoproductions.com. And, and, but as Father Stan said, it's just as easy as, as typing Father Stan Fortuna in your search engine and you, you'll find it. Now, you're That's also right. coming to Canada next week. You're going to be in the Toronto area. Uh-huh. Um, and this is kind of unique. I don't know if you've ever done this here in Toronto, but you're going to be playing at a poetry and jazz at the Poetry and Jazz Cafe, mm-hmm. Cafe 9, on May 18th with the Carmen Spada Trio. So that's going to be right. a jazz concert. Or jazz, so people that love jazz and love the improv, there's going to be a little bit of that kind of thing for them? Absolutely. We're going to do like swing, and then we're going to do some swing hop and some nice. hip hop, and then we'll do ballads, we'll do uh, some Brazilian stuff, some Latin stuff, some straight ahead swing stuff, we'll be singing the blues, we'll be doing all kinds of stuff. It'll be great. And Carmen Spada is a wonderful, wonderful, talented musician and excellent pianist, graduate from the Berklee School of Music in Boston in the States. Right. And, uh, He's a magnificent composer, and uh, and he's a very devout practicing Catholic too. Oh, he's, he's good! A, he's a fine young man and a, and a, and a wonderful musician. And I've played with him before, but this is the first time we're doing a gig together. And and I'm hoping that'll be the first of many. Oh, that's great! That's great. So it's something to do for next Friday night, May 18th, the Poetry and Jazz Cafe. You're going to do two sets: one at 9 p.m. and one at 10:30 p.m. And then the next day, you're at Dante Alighieri High School, Catholic High School. Right. Um, you have a concert there at 8 p.m., and that one's also open to, to anyone who wants to, to go listen to your music and, and listen to your, to your preaching on May, on May 19th. Um, thank, you, thank you very much, Father Stan, for this and for the wonderful gift of renewal. The, thank you. The, the album and the, the, the gift of renewal that you gave us with your music. Um, very cool. Keep it up. Thanks, brother. Keep up the good work of Salt and Light. Thanks. That was Father Stan Fortuna. His new album, Renewal, can be purchased at his website, francescoproductions.com. You should also check out Father Stan Photography at fatherfortunaphotography.com. And don't forget, as he mentioned, to follow him on Twitter, at Father Stan. That's at F-R Stan. Or look him up on Facebook. Uh, Make sure you like him. Um, Lots uh, there to follow. Here now is Father Stan with uh, Father Stan's, one of his most popular songs, a song that he finally recorded for this new album, Renewal, What Joy. Soaring with your baby and the meaning of the words. Yeah, yeah, mama, bubu, tiki, kala, yama. Ooh, ah, oh, 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 joy. Oh, 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 oh,
We're listening to and dancing to Father Stan Fortuna's What Joy from his album Renewal. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light radio programs at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. That's also where we post links to our artists or guests. You can learn all about Salt and Light and all that we do at saltandlighttv.org. Follow us on Twitter at Salt and Light TV. And if you're on Facebook, look us up and like us. And keep your eyes and ears open to the new Salt and Light Radio, a 24-7 Catholic music online radio station coming soon to a computer or a mobile device near you. Thank you for your support and for being with us. I'm Pedro Guevara Man, and this has been the Salt and Light Radio Hour.